Hello, people of the interwebs. We are marching into a new episode of Oh my Buy god, try it or deny oh, it that was for so the bad. month of March. You guys ruined my intro, that makes me so sad. That's when you came up, yes, and I liked it. <sighs> I don't hurt. Uh, do I have to redo all that? No. No, I'm keeping going. It was hilarious. Going. Thanks. Anyway, so back at it with your favorite squad of peeps. Uh, you might know us from The Motley Four, but if you haven't heard of The Motley Four, maybe you've heard of our other Buy It, Try It, or Deny It podcast. But I have my normal crew with me. We have Brennan, who hates all my jokes. Yo, that's me. And we have Mike, who I think appreciates my jokes. Yeah, somewhat. Exactly. Anyway, so we're going to hop right into it. Um, got a couple games. You know, March is huge, especially with this first game we're going to talk about, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Everyone's off their rocker. I didn't pre-order a copy of the pastel switch and that makes me extremely depressed so i'm gonna camp out on the 13th in front of gamestop and try not to push small children over because i desperately want this switch but anyway it's genre is life simulation it's developed and published by nintendo and it's coming out on march 20th which is a friday yeah, some people are going to have some busy weekends. I'm so excited. <laughs> Did you guys both watch the Direct? Or was it just me? Uh, I didn't watch it, but I read everything that they announced. I watched like Fair. half of it. And I read I, it. Too. Oh, man. I was a happy little boy at work today. That's all I'm going to say. He pulled up a ladder, dude? Oh, my God. <laughs> when, he, when, he, when, he, when, they, when they took out bits of the earth and replaced it with ponds and water and like oh my oh my god oh my god um, instant childhood bliss we'll include a link below if anybody would like to go read the animal crossing uh recap that uh elizabeth wrote for game luster um so if you don't know what we're talking about you can read up on it there that was a good idea i like that shameless self-promotion shameless yeah, she did, like, a really, really good job like, covering, like, everything that went on there. And uh, so she's got a fantastic recap. Um, oh, oh, my. There's, there was so there was so much that it was over. It was overwhelming, at least. At least to me. Like, I felt like a couple weeks ago we barely knew much. But so much was confirmed and so much was expanded upon, at least with this direct. Um, it's just so hard not to be excited about this. I feel like it's a lot. Like they, I feel like they learned a lot from Pocket Camp, and they mm -hmm. took Pocket Camp and basically made that for the Switch, but expanded upon it. Um, and I'm excited because the one thing I, I love about Pocket Camp was I got to customize my area. So if I wanted to have all one theme, I could have all one theme, or I could mix and match, but I could make what I wanted. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that made me super happy and made me want to play that. The only thing I hated were the wait times, um, which it seems like you're going to have in this game. 
But you'll still have other things to do to fill your time while you're waiting for things. I mean, the waiting is more, at least with, I don't, I don't there won't be like waiting, like there will be in pocket camp. I, I doubt that. I don't think so. You think so? I feel like there might be, at least like you figure for insects and things like that. Those, if you catch all the insects in that area, you might have to wait for them to come back. And that's sort of what you have to do with pocket camp. Yes. That's, yeah. Unless sure. they do a thing where you catch it in one area, go to another area, and then when you go back to the first area, all the insects are there again. That's usually, I feel like, what I would do in Animal Crossing. Like, a lot of the core gameplay loop was just kind of like taking a walk really you know and like seeing what you could find in the town seeing what you could seeing who you could talk to on your walk so like what mike was you know saying about going to one area to back to the other yeah that was exactly what i did and i loved every second of it but i don't think you can do that in pocket camp so if this is anything similar to that then there's going to be a wait time which i'm fine with i'm 100 percent fine with that um because, like I said, you'll probably have other things to do to fill up your time. So, but I don't know. You can choose where your villagers live. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, like, I thought that. that was really cool. There's no more, like, just popping up on your garden that you spent, like, literally weeks just tilling away at only for, for some asshole to just be like, oh, I'm going to put my house right here. And it's, like, one of the guys that you hate, too, and you just send him hate mail for, like, weeks on end until he finally leaves your stupid perfect town. And then it's even more perfect when he's gone. Talking to you, Nate. Um, ruin my garden. We don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I'm getting at. We don't have to deal with Nate's stupid shit. Yeah, you're right here. <laughs> Fucking Nate. Nate, he's gonna be like, yo, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna meet him in one of those deserted islands that you can go to with your nook miles after doing challenges because that's also the smartest thing in the world because you you're not gonna wanna screw up your own town, right? Like for materials and whatnot, after cultivating this perfect little townscape, you're not gonna wanna chop down trees for materials. So you hop on over to another smaller designed deserted island genius they thought of everything they thought of everything and when i see nate on one of these deserted islands and he goes hey bren can i join your island i'm gonna go no you stupid <laughs> bastard <laughs> get out of here i think uh, you need to go talk about your issues between you and nate dude all i'm saying is that when you've placed hours making a little tiny nice little garden thing and you just have them just plopping whatever hey moved in I, get out of here man i didn't i didn't i didn't want you and if i did want you i didn't want you here but with this new one they learned from our complaints and now we can just annex the shitty ones to like a corner of the the village and make like you know slums if you will <laughs> this is Animal Crossing segregation. What are you doing, dude? I'll do it, man. If I have to, I'll put my favorite ones close to me, and the dickheads on the other side of some kind of man-made river, which you can now terraform, which is dope, by the way. 
Uh, Brennan's gonna become a slumlord. Oh my god! You know what? Oh, I'm just gonna make. I'm just gonna build waterfalls and ponds, and exclude exclude them. Oh my god! I'll make a little island, like a little moat, to even exclude them even more in my slum. I can't wait. I can't wait for this. Oh my goodness! So many bad ideas. <laughs> I don't know if they should have given you the ability to terraform your island. I because oh I got a feeling you're gonna fucking abuse. He's that. gonna put massive oh, hills, yeah. <laughs> ma- like one massive, like in the corner. It's one massive hill with a tiny little entrance for them to go in and out of. Dude, I I read a tweet where some guy was like, "I'm just gonna make all water, all water in one house." <laughs> I was like, that's fucking genius, dude. I don't think you could do that, but, but if you can, that's hilarious. I stand by it. Go for it, man. It's just such a game changer. Like, I, I remember back in the day, you know, in GameCube days, like, if I wanted a, a, a town layout that was interesting to me, you either had to A, suck it up and deal with it, which got easier as the games went on, because, like, a New Leaf, you could just, like, make bridges and shit, which is awesome. Um, but like you would have to randomize, you know, you'd have to reset your file and keep making new characters until you got a layout that you wanted. Now they just said, screw it, man. Just make your own layout. Put your house wherever you want. And I love that level of agency and freedom in a game. That's what the whole game was about, in my opinion, in the first place. It was like moving away from from the shitty reality into like your perfect little pocket world. And they've just perfected this pocket world more and more in my opinion, as it's gone on. It's fucking tight, dude. Also, Nate can suck it. I'm not letting him live. Oh my fucking Jesus. Please calm down with your hate towards this one character. It's warranted. Have you ever worked really hard on something only for someone to just step all over it? Anyway, Anyway, as Brennan cries about his garden, um, so you can invite other um, animals and things like that to your uh, island, extra residence, I should say. Um, you can get an app for your phone, IRL, um, and scan QR codes from New Leaf and Happy Home Designer, which is pretty cool. Um, they got me to download the app just with that. Just with that alone. Doing the whole custom designs is dope. You can also, like, talk to other players um, through it as well, through text or voice chat. Charge complete. Which is really cool, so. <sighs> um, you can have guests or tourists as well. Um, tournaments and things like that. There's going to be free updates for seasonal guests and those events as well. Um, and like, I, like Brennan went into talking about, you can, uh, modify the ground and things like that, which is, I guess it's pretty cool. Like if you want to hill here, maybe you can sled. I think they would, sledding would be cool if they would add sledding for the winter time since there are seasons. That would be dope. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, they did go to some frequently asked questions about um, whether or not you can play as a family on the Switch. Uh, Their answer was is yes, you can. Up to eight players um, can share a Switch and live on the same island. You 
all don't get your own island. You live on the same one. Which, I guess, can be kind of sort of shitty if you want your own place and you want to do your own thing. Um, and you don't really want your brother or sister barging into your house and stealing all your stuff. Yeah, that was probably the one bad thing I'm seeing about this game is the fact that you have to have your own copy of the game and your own Switch in order to have an island. Yes, yeah. that's That's been like a long-standing Animal Crossing deal. Yeah. Like, even with the other ones, like, if you wanted other players, um, they would all essentially, like, live in the same town. It used to be the same house, I think. If I remember correctly, everyone got their own, like, one house and it was just like different rooms or something and then now it's like different in new leaf at least it was different houses yeah it's it's weird that's the reason why i'm banking on trying to get another switch because if i want to play with my friend or say like i my boyfriend wants to play uh, i want my own island i don't want to play on the same island I want to do my own thing. Or when you're not playing with your boyfriend, you know? I mean, you're going to want your own island. Yeah. You know, so when you're playing by yourself, you got your own little thing to go on to. Exactly. Like, I want to discover everything by myself. Like, um, doing, for example, um, Stardew. It's like, yeah, I love playing multiplayer Stardew with him, but I also like taking my time and experiencing the game by myself. So, Mm. not being able to do that kind of sucks um so that's why i'm kind of sort of banking on getting a second switch and i i kind of think that's really shitty that you kind of you have to get a second switch to be able to even have your own island but i mean it is what it is yeah and the thing that makes it even weirder though is like terraforming right so like you and your your partner, significant other, whatever, boyfriend, um, you could have, like, wildly different feelings on, like, just terraforming. You know, like, I want a hill here. And the other person's like, no, hills are dumb. Right off the bat, you've already you already yeah. had conflict. I can see <laughs> it now, you know? And, like, people building moats around their houses. and Just, like, really wicked things to get back at your at your other players at least on the same island or if i'm playing with brennan and he decides to move my house into the slum well now i'm stuck we're not gonna live on the same island ever you and i corner Mm -mm. no i will visit your island we will never live on the same island because i'm only making hills watch out for and and i'm just gonna run around digging holes future gl uh animal crossing new horizons playthrough Coming soon. Where we just walk, take walks. Ah, uh, group walks and together. We build moats around Nate's house. <laughs> Pitfall trap him. And- Send him angry hate mail. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, anyway, uh, let's, let's wrap this up a little bit. There is Amiibo support, which is fantastic for all you Amiibo collectors. Um... You can invite friends or non-friends using game codes and things like that. Um, So, that's really cool. Um, It says, if you are not friends with someone, use some tools like axes or shovels. Or use of tools um, like shovels or axes are restricted as to not let strangers potentially 
destroy other people's islands. So, I mean, that's really cool. I really like that. If somebody comes to your island, they can't just fucking destroy all your stuff. And then basically laugh. Ha, ha, ha. I'm running away. Bye. Um, so, that's really nice. But if you have somebody marked as best friends, they're free to use any tool that they like on your island. So, actually be best friends with that person. Or they're going to destroy your shit. So... Unfortunately, New Horizons data is not supported by Nintendo's cloud data storage, um, but they're planning on making some sort of service that will allow you to recover your saved data in case the server, it gets lost from the server, or maybe you or Switch gets damaged or possibly stolen, which is really nice because, God forbid, I don't want to lose all my saved data. Yeah, when they first announced that they weren't going to do cloud save, I was kind of concerned. A lot but, of people uh, just all over seemed concerned. You're not the only one. Yeah, but now that I know they're going to do some kind of cloud storage, you know, I that's feel like nice. Nowadays, it's kind of sort of ingrained in us that you have to do some kind of like SD card storage, but then also some sort of cloud storage. Because you never know what's going to happen. Like, I do all three. Like, I just bought an SD card for my phone. But I also do uh, Google Storage and Google Drive for, like, all my photos. Um, I do, like, the Samsung has their own cloud service. I do that as well. Like, I I just back up everything. Because, well, what happens if my phone gets stolen? What happens if somebody takes my SD card? Uh, what happens if it just catches on fire? Samsung looking at you with the Galaxy S, whatever that was. <laughs> uh, you you never fucking know. So nowadays, you that's a big thing in our society is just being able to get everything from the cloud. So hopefully, especially when you're as paranoid as I am. Yeah, uh, games. Nobody wants to lose all that saved data when you put so many hours to it, and then you have to go back in and redo it all. So, lastly, uh, they showed off the um, the pastel switch, which I think is super pretty. I love the colors. They also showed off a um, carrying case as well. Like I said earlier, you can get those on March 13th. Pre-orders online are, like, sold out. They've been sold out uh, since basically the day that you could get pre-orders. I called a local GameStop because... I actually got paid one day, and they were like, yeah, we closed our pre-orders the day after. People actually, like, want that version of the Switch. Like, where? So, can I camp outside at 9 in the morning? You can go on eBay for about $450. I can save $50 (laughs) and shipping. I just gotta spend some gas. And I think Starbucks is open that early, so I will be there at 9 o'clock waiting. In my car. <laughs> anyway, um, to wrap oh it. <laughs> Sorry, I just really want this. Um, lastly, they're they are gonna have free updates. Um, for the game, like I said before, they're gonna do um seasonal events. The very first day on launch day, they are going to have Bunny Day, which is an event for April. So that'll be a lot of fun to do. Um, they're also going to have some crossover events between Pocket Camp and New Horizons. So that'll be fun to see um, 
what you can get between the two. Um, are they allowing for any sort of trans? Not necessarily transfer, but like, can you bring over the stuff that you have in Pocket Camp to New Horizon or anything like that? Do we know that? I don't sure. know for certain, but I'm going to say probably not. Like, All they said is more details about the crossover will come at a later date. My only hesitation is uh, I feel like, I don't know, again, I don't know this for certain, but I feel like their reasoning for not doing the cloud saves is partially due to their reasoning of like cheating, duping items and stuff like that, um, which is also something like why they're not having all of the holidays just be done already. Instead, they're opting for like the free update service model thing where we're getting Easter on when the game comes out, as to avoid people like time traveling in the future and spoiling holiday events, decorations, etc. Um, because people have done that in the past. Like the game will come out in you know June and people will just time travel to December and be like, this is all the stuff you get for Christmas. And people are like, dude, chill. So I think that they wouldn't do a transfer or something like that, only because they want people to like experience the game well i don't know yeah i i can definitely see that um i wonder if they might do something for well never mind then so i was gonna say i wonder if they might do some sort of transfer with the holidays going on but if they're gonna do that then they might as well make it just all year round um but i wonder if maybe you can get the same furniture that you get in new horizons in pocket camp i would imagine that they wouldn't be that same Maybe there's one or two that you can get in New Horizon that you can't get in Pocket Camp, and then vice versa. Oh, probably, yeah. That I that I can 100% imagine. Yeah. So, I'm excited for it. I already have it pre-ordered on Amazon to drop at my doorstep on launch day, and I'm going to go stock some, uh, some GameStop workers and hope that they don't mind that I showed up an hour early, and I hope I don't look desperate. Should I go to a midnight release for this? Honestly, like, if you find a midnight <laughs> release for that, like, <laughs> go for it. You can go to a midnight release for Animal Crossing. If you See, back do, in the day, that wouldn't mean anything. You gotta, like, write an article on it. Do some oh, interviews. I, I probably would. Oh, and I would camp. I would just stay up the whole, like, until morning, just playing the game and just, like, walking around in the wild taking it all in oh <laughs> beautiful um i think for smash my boyfriend uh went to gamestop at midnight because he thought that they would do a midnight release and there was nobody there oh, oh that's happened to me before yeah me too it's, that's why it's I the worst feeling yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's, <laughs> got like, a call. he's like, they don't do midnight releases, and I feel like that's just not a thing anymore, unfortunately. Um, with being able to so easily just download the game off of the stores and things like that, there's no point in wasting everyone's time to do a midnight release, unless you're like in a big city. Like, I'd expect them to have one in like New York. Or Los Angeles, or maybe like a small town video game store who wants to do something like that. But like GameStop, I wouldn't expect them to do that anymore. 
Yeah. Very sad. But, I mean, those used to be so cool, though. I used to always want to go to midnight releases. Staying up until midnight and getting a game and being like, Oh my god, I'm one of the first people to get this game! And then going home and spending all night playing it, and then trying to go to school, like, the next day, depending on what day the game dropped. <sighs> those were the days. And now we're old. And Nate's still living in my town. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we're going to move on um, and, and get off the topic of Animal Crossing because apparently it gets running very heated. We're going to... Now, I'm not going to pronounce this right, I don't think, but is it Half-Life Alex? Yes. Yes. Why they have to have a Y, I don't know. It reminds me of one of those, like... Uh, mom memes about naming their firstborn kid. Anyway, um, it's a first person, first person, first person, uh, VR title. It's developed and published by Valve, and it's releasing on the twenty third, three days after Animal Crossing. So when you're done with Tom Nook and all his bickering and Nate putting his house in your garden. Uh, you can take all your anger out on some VR people in Half-Life. Some head crabs. Yeah. In the Combine. Are the Combine still... Yeah, the Combine will be a thing, right? Yeah. Um, I think this game is a... It takes place between 1 and 2, I know that. Um, and I think it is you're trying to form a resistance against the Combine. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, that it, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it explains everything that happened while Gordon was out. Um, from this article in Digital Trends, uh, submitted by Aaron uh, Mamet, gotta give credit where credit's due. It says Half Life Alex, as its title suggests, will allow players to play as Alex Vance who was first seen in Half-Life 2. The game's events take place between the first Half-Life and the sequel when the alien race known as the Combine is already in control of Earth, with the human population being rounded up. I just think that, like, and it's very difficult to say that, but based off of the announcement trail and having them show everything off, I really want this to be what half-life was to the fps genre you know i don't know if i worded that the way i wanted it to but you know what i mean like i want i want half-life alex to be the title where people look to as the definitive vr title and it's something where they go all right well now i have to break down and get a vr headset because it's such an interesting concept that while really expensive and requires a lot of space potentially and time and money it's just such a cool and that's really the best word i can use to describe it it's just it's just cool like the like the one scene in the announcement trailer where they point the gun at the player and the player just puts the hands up i don't know why but i just like i had goosebumps for some reason i was like that what very cool very cool I... And the night. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and one of the nice things about this is it will be compatible with most VR headsets. Mm, you don't yeah. have to have the Valve headset. You can have other headsets, and most of them will be compatible with this game, VR which is nice. You know, isn't cheap. So 
I feel like for them to to make it compatible with other headsets is really nice because some of those headsets are outrageously expensive, especially if you want a really nice one. Um, yeah, because you know you could have the Oculus, and then it would suck if this game was only uh, compatible with Valve's Index. Because all of a sudden you're like, well, I got the wrong fucking headset. I feel and like, now I can't play this game. I kind of feel like that would also close off their market if they sat there and just made it exclusive. Um, I honestly don't think it would be as popular. And even the article that you brought up, a point that they made was that the index has been sold out for like months. So even if they were to have made it exclusive, yeah, Haley, you're absolutely right. Like they wouldn't, and they, yeah. they no one would have been able to play it essentially, except yeah. like a really small number of people. Until they got more stock in, if they're actually making it. Yeah, because that shit sold out the day they announced Alex. Exactly. So if it's still sold out, then well, are they making more headsets? When are those headsets going on sale? Would they even be on sale in time for Alex to drop? Like, like that's that's my thing. Like, it says Alex is free if you can purchase that headset. But if you can't purchase that headset, then how the fuck are you gonna play that game if it's exclusive to that headset? So, um, yeah. I, thankfully, they didn't do that. Um, like I said, I think it'd be a really stupid move on their part. They'd be a- alienating a lot of their. Um, a lot of their audience um and like i said vr headsets aren't cheap why do you need two vr headsets just to play one specific game Mm, yeah honestly at that point i just go on twitch and watch somebody play it rather than spending 300 400 dollars and then also have to shell out another 60 dollars to purchase this game that oh my god i feel like this brings like this opens up a can of worms because can you imagine that if different VR headsets became the new standard of uh, different consoles in the future? You know, you needed two different headsets to play two different sets of essentially the same game or whatever. Like, like a again, it's like having a Sony headset and then a Microsoft headset, and you're like, but wow, geez. I feel like I that would two. come down to where we stand in consoles right now is what exclusives do you like best? Mm, yeah, that's true. that's where we are now. If you not talking about PC because PC doesn't get a lot of uh AAA PC only titles, just talking about console, Microsoft and PlayStation, that's that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Like a lot of people compare price points, compare specs, compare how they feel about the controller and if it's comfortable for them. But at the end of the day, you're looking at, well, does that console have games that I like to play? Like I like Sony because they have a lot of really good first person titles. I fucking love God of War. I also have really small hands, so I like the Sony controller because it's a lot smaller. But I think Sony has great studios i think that i love their interface layout on the ps4 so that's why i'm a playstation fangirl i think it's just it's just less weird to me to own two 
like, okay, I guess if you were not the person to pick one or the other, right, and you were someone, for whatever reason, that picked both, you know, you, you know those people that buy both consoles. Yeah. Um, that was me a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Sure. Whatever. But having two consoles back to back is one. But just, I can't for the life of me fathom taking off one headset and then just t- putting on another <laughs> one. You know what I mean? Like, that, that would that just seems so ridiculous to me. <laughs> and I know that's kind of irrelevant. But I, oh man, the whole, just VR in general, I just wish that it was. I want to say that I wish it was more accessible, but I guess if I were to say that, then it wouldn't be as cool as it is now. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that you can do what you can in VR matches its price point in a way. I feel like like we're getting there. We're getting to the point (laughs) that VR will be a lot more accessible. I just feel like we're not there yet because while the technology... Uh, depending on which headset you have can be great we still have a lot of really bad headsets and the technology can be sort of wonky sometimes and not necessarily work uh the right way and it glitches and i mean all games are kind of sort of like that so i feel like we'll eventually one day get to the point where it's a little bit cheaper um more people will be able to have access to it but i also feel like some people like the overall gaming community just doesn't really care about vr mm, yeah it's, mean, it's it's still a newer technology so i think people just have to settle in still plus like you said earlier it's still really expensive yeah mm. and i think that's probably the main thing that's keeping people from really getting into vr is you just spent thirteen hundred dollars on building this badass pc and now you got to spend another four hundred to get the, you know, the headset. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Exactly. But it's also like, well, why buy a con- why buy a VR headset when I can just buy a console? And if that game ever gets put out in a non VR format, and just play it on console. But like, I look at something like Half Life Alex, and I go, "That will never oh, exist." Yeah. yeah, that'll never yeah. exist on console. I understand that, but like, I think for example, Five Nights at Freddy's VR, I think they made into a non-VR version for people to play. Right. So, sorry, there's somebody. I thought somebody was knocking on my door. Um, but yeah. So I mean. And also, it's like, how do you take a lot of AAA titles and put them into VR? Yeah, you... Like, Assassin's Creed isn't going to translate well as a VR title. No, yeah, no, Like, I can't... Nobody's going to spend 40 hours in a VR game. So, it's... it's I don't know, Alex is supposed to be the length of a real game. It it is, but, like, Assassin's Creed especially is very movement-focused. Whereas, like, you know, something like Half Life is more on the shooting than the moving. But yeah, that is true. But I guess it's just like, oh, sorry, you go. Oh no, I was gonna say like not to bring up Five Nights at Freddy's and make this a Five Nights at Freddy's podcast, but like Five Nights at Freddy's, <laughs> you just basically stood there, and moved your upper body. You didn't 
really walk around or do anything that made you move the lower half of your body. So, uh, Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, um, games of that nature, I just would not, I don't think would translate very well uh, with the amount of movement that you have to do. Honestly, yeah. And I feel like that that in and of itself limits developers in what they can make as an exclusive like if you're a vr developer and you want to make exclusives you're already limiting yourself from the amount of genres that we have currently or what's popular i guess and you're kind of like pigeonholed and i guess it's because of the inherent formula of it being first person and the only genre that we have first person is first person shooters so that makes it way easier to translate but a lot of these other games like i look at the um the people that made rick and morty people that made that one really kind of weird ass game well, um trevor saves the world or something trevor, like yeah we even talked about this game and i don't remember it like that's how unspoken about it was and i feel like that's the case with most vr games like after they come out a lot of people just don't talk about them unless they're that one gladiator game that i see gifts on reddit all the time that's about it that's the only or like super high other than that they're really limited yeah and i think alex is going to be a really good test if you know full-fledged shooters can be done on vr i hope so i really i'm interested to see how it goes um Especially with, like, people who have motion sickness or things like that, or who might get sick. Because um, that's that's another thing with VR is uh, you can get sick. Yeah, mm. that's why I, I don't do VR, because I almost got the PlayStation VR, but I was able to try it before I got it, and it made me sick. So, I mean, that I feel like that's another reason why some people don't play VR, is because... Well, you don't want to buy a very expensive headset and then not be able to play it because you're going to get sick because of all the movement. Um, yeah. Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. You so... buy one for Alex and then you put it on and you're like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, jeez. So then you have Actually... to, like, somehow cut the strap off and then, like, look in without actually having it attached to your face. Like, how would you even do that? Like, oh. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> But I have to say though, and maybe maybe it's just because I'm a sheep, but this this is the first VR title where my my ears kind of perked up, and I was like, "Ooh, I I I can dig that." I mean, so it certainly succeeded somewhere. It seems like the first title that the general public was actually excited for. Don't quote me. I could be wrong. Maybe there was like a different title that came out for VR that everyone was excited about, but... Yeah, it's the only time I've been excited for VR. And I'm only excited because I loved Half-Life and Half-Life 2. And there hasn't been a Half-Life game in over a decade. For real. So for me, this is like, holy shit, you know, finally a Half-Life game, a full-fledged Half-Life game. that I. Could... But the problem is, I don't have a headset. And... You know, yeah, that's that's the very unfortunate bit of the whole, just the whole niche medium, I guess. And 
that's the problem I'm going to see is I'm assuming this game is going to get big. But it's going to be like, yeah, it's big and it looks cool, but I can't play it because I don't have a headset. Mm, yeah, very niche. Yeah. Just as like a product of the medium. Because like you were saying earlier, this shit does look cool, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's just one of those situations where this is a good time where YouTube and Twitch comes in handy. Like, you're just unfortunately going to have to watch somebody else play it or try to experience it yourself, maybe by borrowing somebody's VR headset. But then if you get sick, well, is that something you want to struggle through is making yourself sick just to play a video game? Honestly, over 20 hours, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. What, What Haley said made me think of like content creators on youtube should absolutely be 100 percent recording themselves playing this as like playthroughs essentially um because because of exactly what you said people just aren't going to be able to afford it so instead they will watch someone play it because they can't and i i bet you there will there will be some kind of like i don't know surge in those channels or those certain like People that have it because again it's niche, so not everyone and not every content creator has it. So those that do, I feel like that'll give them an instant boost. I feel like yeah. a good uh, if you want to see something kind of like that, for example, um, to hit back at this again, when Five Nights at Freddy's VR came out, Matt Pat played it. Um, mm. Uh, so he played it on game theory. He looked at all the lore and stuff like that while he was playing it. Um, and he played it live, which was really nice. So you can see him moving around um, in his little area. But then you can also see the game and everything that he was experiencing and and from his point of view as well. Um, so that was really cool. And there was a lot of people that were there to watch him. And I mean the views on the videos were outrageous as well. So um, I feel like doing that already is sort of popular in its own thing because not everyone can afford these headsets, but also for example, like Mike, people get sick, so they can't play this because nobody wants to sit there for 10, 12 hours want to puke, but be like, Oh, I'm going to bear it out for this video game. I have to make it to the end. I'm already looking at content creators are going to be doing Alex. I mean, like, that's just so smart for, for those <laughs> people, honestly. You oh, heard man. it here first. Record, yeah, yeah. If you're... play, just record Alex, just do it. If you can, just Just, just so Mike can watch it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I will be watching you if you record Alex. Send, email Mike. Your gameplay videos, and we will be sure to make sure that we watch them, and then we can at you in our next BTD podcast uh, if we actually watch yours. I mean, I will. I don't have a VR. <laughs> what are my money bags over here? I don't have a VR headset. <laughs> if you'd like to donate to the GL uh, fund for a VR headset, you can at the link below. We're not including a link below because we don't need a VR headset. Please donate to a good cause that you hold near and dear to your heart. Anyway, rolling right in to something near and dear to some of our hearts, aka Mike, we're going to talk about Persona 5 <laughs> Royal. Uh, 
we kind of briefly talked about this game before. Um, Mike can catch up, uh, catch us up on what this is, because I roughly remember. But it's a JRPG. It's developed and published by Atlas, and it's going to be released on the 31st. So when you're done being sick uh, and puking or on your living room from playing Alex in VR, you can sit back, relax, and play an RPG called Persona. Game of the year. I don't care if it's a remake. Game of the year. <laughs> I love it. We'll just film uh, film the Game of the Year uh, podcast right now. <laughs> I'll march through it first. We'll start filming it. <laughs> I'm putting mine down as Persona 5 as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it won a couple of years ago, so like, shit, dude. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got other JRPGs coming out, like um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. But it's just... Persona 5 has so much style and just uniqueness to it that it's like, just... It, it oozes style. Like, it just seeps yeah. just... Uh, just design. Like, it's not, even, it's not even good design. It's just the epitome of design. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just... It's great. I've never been so, like, excited about menu UI ever. Until I played this game, and I was like, oh my god, they move, and they're really cool, and they zip across the screen, and it's on the art, holy shit, and the music, bop. All of the music in Persona 5 is a banger. I don't care what anyone says. It's a banger. Uh, Last surprise, I will never not be happy when that song plays as a battle theme. I will sing along every time. (sighs) You'll never see it coming. And it's like, I've been seeing so many videos, you know, like, even played this game, play it again, because they're adding so much content to this thing. And they're just crazy. And they're also changing a few things. So, I mean, even if you've played the original Persona 5, there's going to be some big changes, like, to dungeons, because um, now you can use the zip line that he uses in Smash, that Joker uses in Smash Brothers. That's oh, going right, to be implemented... Yeah. That's going to be implemented into older dungeons. So it's like they're changing up the older dungeons too. So this, this is almost Persona 5 2.8 or something, you know? Right, yeah. Mm. I kind of like that in a way. Like it's a game that kind of makes you look back at the same game and be like, wow. Not only was this great, but to see how much better it I don't want to say better well yeah maybe it is just I don't know Um, I can't imagine that adding content would ever be a bad thing or changing dungeons to have like massive quality of life improvements or just quality of life improvements I guess in general plus they added a new waifu so yeah that's always just the biggest selling (laughs) I mean, a new girlfriend's always nice. Gotta have one for every day of the week. Honestly? I just... Do you think... So, like, do you think that she'll pop up, like, after... Like, I guess I'm just curious, like, when her character will be introduced. You know? I'm curious about that as well. Um, Ever since it released in Japan, I've kind of been trying to (laughs) not be on YouTube watching it, not be on Twitter or Reddit, because... I don't want to spoil this shit, you know? Yeah. 
so I really don't know where she's going to come into the game. So I'm kind of excited to see how they change that up to um, put her in. Because I got a feeling she, they're not going to put her at the end of the story. I got a feeling she's going to be in the middle of the story somewhere. That makes sense. Because it's, I feel like... Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say, especially because in the trailers um, that came out before it released in Japan, they show her... Oh, what's her name? Kasumi, I think. Um, They showed her in scenes that happened halfway through the game. Hmm. So my only thing is like, maybe, and and I've only played through maybe about half of it. So this is maybe not fair of me to say, but like there are some bits that I've played where the pacing was kind of slow. I mean, you could probably attest to that because the first eight hours is a tutorial, uh, (laughs) jokingly, you know? Um, So like adding a new character and new story beats to very like I don't want to say poorly paced, but not optimized, op- not poor, less optimized pace. Fuck. <laughs> if if they add new story beats to to plot elements that aren't paced as well, like that could just t- totally change the flow of how the game is played, making one transition goes seamlessly to the next because there were points in in persona 5 where i was like this is a kind of a drag these are just five days of just cut scenes i kind of want a little you know that's kind of just the curse of jrpgs in general isn't one of the quality of life things like morgana won't nag you to go to bed immediately or something like you can actually do more stuff in the tutorial I think so. That's and true. I know there's going to be changes to the battle system as well. Like how? Like how? How many? What? What change? What? What changes? What can they I do? haven't seen what changes because, like I said, I've been avoiding right. as much as possible. But I heard there are changes. I can't even imagine it because, like, they've got they've got so many they've got so many systems in place that I feel like it's just it would just be difficult to come up with something that they could do better and still keep it good. Yeah, right? Like, oh, man. So, like I said, I've been hearing so much that this is actually worth your time, even if you've played, you know, the other ones. Or the other one. So now I have to rush through. (laughs) No, maybe not rush through it. But I can play Persona 5 in time for Persona 5 Royal. Because I have... I didn't want to mention this on the podcast, but I have started playing Final Fantasy VII in time for the remake, and I'm—I think I'm close to leaving Midgar, which is when Final Fantasy Part One Remake Special Edition ends, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only going to be the Midgar section. Yeah. So um, I'm already almost there, so then I can just hop off that train and then just hop on the Persona train. <laughs> And goes straight to Hype Town. Which, by the way, can I just say something really quick? Final Fantasy VII is probably one of the best JRPGs I've ever played in my life. And I'm I'm not even, like, that far into it. And I, I already just know that it's amazing. And I don't know that because I know that Final Fantasy VII is one of those colloquially known games to be really good JRPGs. <gasps> but holy shit, dude. Tifa is just awesome. I love Tifa. Oh. And cross-dressing, I guess. That was kind of it's all about that cross-dressing, man. What do you think I do every Saturday night? I I, I was just not expecting that. 
to be honest. <laughs> I had heard about it, but I wasn't expecting it to be that early and like the context behind it all. And I also wasn't expecting it to be that simple. Like at first I was like, I have no idea what to do. But then I kind of, I guess, I guess it was because I looked up a walkthrough and they were like, yeah, you just talk to this guy and then you talk to that guy. And I was like, oh, this is really easy. But I guess it was only easy because I had the walkthrough. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, seven. That was uh, how I got into JRPGs. That was the first one I played. I mean, in all honesty, I have no opinion on Persona because I've never played any of the Persona games. Um, I did when Persona 5 uh, came out I wanted to play Persona 5 um, I just didn't because at the time I just didn't have time and I've tried to watch a walkthrough or like a playthrough of one but I got bored so I'll yeah this is a game you don't want to watch it's yeah. a game you gotta play yeah 100% because it will be kind of boring when some, because you know, you get all these choices and you can say things that you want to say. So it's kind of boring watching somebody else make those choices for you, especially when you can say asshole shit and you know, you can be a jerk and it's funny. It's nice to be able to choose that yourself instead of having to watch somebody else do it for you. Very RPG, like in and out of combat. You know, even if you're out of combat, you're still working on your your toughness, your 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 kindness, your smartness. You know, all these other extracurricular things that do kind of affect other things. But like, it, it's an RPG, so like, it's all about choices. So I feel like if you were to watch something like that, you'd be missing out on a good portion of what makes it great. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But that's also why they made an anime. But no one watched it because. Because of what exactly what we talked about, people would just rather play it. But it is one of those things where it demands a lot of your time. I still haven't finished yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I think my first playthrough was like eighty hours. Holy shit! And then playthrough two and three were about sixty. That's not too bad. That's not too bad, especially because like it is a very overwhelming game at first, it, especially yeah. if you're new to the series. Holy shit! It is so overwhelming. But it's rewarding once you get into a routine. Like, I don't, this sounds really cheesy, but like, you start getting into a rhythm and a groove of of your daily routine, you know, um, going to class, answering questions, hanging out with your friends after. Like, it, it honest to God is like a visual novel in a way, but like, I don't know where I was going with this. Fuck. I just completely just halfway through, just uh, the train went out the window. Yeah, I don't know where you're going with that either. And the nice thing though is, even when you set up your routine, they throw other characters and confidants at you that kind of, you know, make you have to rethink what you're doing because now you got this whole new person to interact with, and it's like, uh, I gotta change how what I do on my Tuesday. Right. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Just kind of like you would in real life in a yeah. weird way. Yeah. It's just it's just easy to I don't know fall into it I guess but at the yeah. same time you know it, it, it is like a visual novel you know you you do kind of have to invest a lot of time into it and there are a lot of cutscenes the first eight hours are like a tutorial first five hours oh, x amount of hours damn but it's worth it it's it's worth it so. yeah it is it is uh. if you got if you got the eighty hours play it it's worth it. 
Oh, that answers my question. <laughs> because I know the whole month of April, because this comes out, Royal comes out the last day of March. The whole month of April, nothing else is going to be touching my my game list because I already know I'm going to be completely dedicated to Persona 5 Royal. But what about Final Fantasy? I know, I know. It's Final Fantasy and there's Resident Evil 3. Voice. Uh, <laughs> I oh, am yeah, Final Fantasy 7. I will get it, but not until I beat Persona 5 Royal. But that's Fair. for the next podcast. That is fair. Yes, yeah. We, I feel like... Uh, uh, no. The next one's gonna... Our discussion about 7 will be good. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. let's cut it there so we don't spend the rest of this uh, evening talking about nothing but Final Fantasy. Um, so, a last-minute shout-out that we can do, just to briefly mention it, because I know a lot of people will be talking about it, is Doom. Um, I don't really have any opinions on it, because I won't be playing it, but I know a lot of people are going to be talking about it, so I thought it would be good to at least mention it and get it out there. Yeah, go and... uh, It comes out the same day as Animal Crossing, so if you don't want to be on your own little island, you know, with your friends, just go shoot some shit and rip some demons in half. Dude, if it's it's anything even remotely like the first one, which, spoiler, (laughs) it will be, It'll be fantastic. It'll be amazing. It's goddamn Doom. It was great 30 years ago. It's still good. (laughs) And it's great therapy. Oh, yeah. If you had some anger issues. (laughs) Your day at work sucked? You know, just go home and, you know, shoot some shit. Go on easy mode and just hair ass and Doom Eternal. It'll feel amazing. Reach up a demon's ass and pull his pancreas this out. Is okay. All right. <laughs> okay. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. You're not allowed to say anything that's graphic or, or bad. We're going to keep it PG, not even 13. Straight PG family friendly. Uh, Brendan, you got any last minute thoughts? I just want Nate out of my fucking town. God, okay, we're moving <laughs> on. on. Mike, you got anything to say? Yeah, um, don't bother me during the month of April. Great. Yeah, noted. And I will not. you can catch me outside your local GameStop trying to get uh, the <laughs> Animal Crossing Switch Edition. Come up and say hi if you see me. I might look a little wild and crazy, but I promise I won't try to bite you. I got my rabies shot. I'm good. Anyway, so until next time, uh, catch us in a couple weeks. We'll be back at it again with some brand new games and some more really, really bad opinions. Uh, Have a good night. Later.